Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower you to collaborate while taking big actions. With your co-hosts, wellness team, Chris and Lisa Lupo, recruiting genius, Jennifer Rojas, credit master, Valerie James, the recovery expert, Dave Cook, and lover of all things marketing, Alisa Lane. Hey, hey, good morning. What's up, Chris? How's it going? Good. It's our first show together. I know. I'm so excited. Well, it's our second show. We second actually show. did the other show, right. but actually our first official, our show. This one's going to be epic. I know. Yeah. I have been so excited. Okay, you and Lisa have been talking about Reggie since I met you. Yep. Like, this man is amazing. Um, looking at some of the information, like, we just became Facebook friends. Yep. Like, he's like celebrity status. Absolutely. Wow. He's the man. I'm telling I, you. I, I've, I've been been telling everybody I can about him. Oh, my God. And then, like, we're going to be talking about possibility of, like, cord cutting, which I am fascinated by. And... um something about nails and yeah. health and yeah. like what he can tell. I actually sent him a picture just now. Yes. So yeah. we'll see if he can tell me a little so, bit more. So Reggie is uh, Reggie's from South Carolina and he's a former SWAT team lieutenant. And for how many years, Reggie? Were you? Um, 18 years. 18, well, years. 18 years. And what, what was it that as you, as you call life, what a life identifiable moment was it that got you into doing what you do now? Well, when we talk about the life identifiable moment, the life identifiable moment is that moment which I say everyone had. And the unique thing is everyone has one day in their past that pretty much formed their entire life. Right. And the crazy thing about that is these people live their life over and over again as if it was the same day. And I'm going to break in and, and talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But what happened for me as a sign was that my gift that I w- was given, um, being a police officer, I loved it. It was my like greatest passion. But my other greatest passion was helping people find themselves and find their purpose in life. So the life identifiable moment is the thing that woke me up and made me realize what my gift is. And mm-hmm. my gift was to serve the world. So when that chance came along, I weighed my options and I made a fear. I, I made a jump. I, I faced my fears. Um, working with the um, community that I've known for 18 years, and I jumped out into helping the world. And I tell people I had 10,000 people in my hometown. In L.A., I probably have that in my block. Right. So jumping out and helping the world, you know, is what I came to do. So when we talk about the life identifiable moment, you know, if you want to, if you want to dig into that, we can we can get started. With I want to well, know what yours is. My life identifiable. Yeah. Moment? Okay, well, and, and, and this is to get started, okay? Well, my life identifiable moment was this. And like the life identifiable moment, keep this in mind, is the day that your ego is really born, it's the day that your belief systems are born. Now, I always ask a person, what is it that you believe? And most people are going to tell me, well, I believe in happiness, I believe in love, I believe in peace. I believe in ending world hunger. They'll tell me all those things. But the true core belief is what shows up in your life over and over and over again. Now, I had to get this out of the way before I go into mine. You ever notice how you would get out of one relationship with a person? Then you can get in a relationship with another person, and they begin to do the same things that the last person began to do. Yep. And if you really pay attention, 
when you change friends and when you change up things in life, you will find out that you could place friends that you have now to friends that you had in childhood if we just looked at the energy. Now, the, the life-identifiable moment is the day when you saw something that caused you to perceive your reality different. So with me, it was a dream that I had. And in the dream, my I was with my mother, and she had gotten, like, shot on the playground. And in the dream, she was bleeding, and she said, I'm not going to be able to be there like I was in the past. So when I woke up from the dream, I was, I was sad by the dream, but she was already sick once I woke up. Mm. So she had to go in the hospital. And how many of you do you, you might be a little bit older, but do you remember the movie Gremlins when they had oh, his yeah. and all of those? Yep. Y'all remember that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So she, she gave me Gizmo. And when she gave me the doll, you know, I would carry it with me everywhere I'd go. And when you're separated from your mom, a day is like a year. Right. So I cried. You know, this is my best friend. How old were and you at that time, that, Reggie? Yeah. In that time, yeah. So her sister came to live with us. And one night she was frustrated, you know, and I was crying. And she says, listen, shut up. Your mom's going to die and she's not ever coming back home. So. At that moment, I went into the bedroom and I said this. I said, love is bad. And whenever you begin to love people, you're going to lose them. So love is not a good thing. So based off of that, my belief system was forming with how I related to the world. So that's your core belief. Now, and basically, that you just operate off of that. That's the core. The core belief was formed. Yep. How old were and you at the, the time core, when you I mean, realized that? Uh, at that time, I was probably like seven or eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I, and what I tell you is your core belief was formed somewhere between the age of four and nine, you know? So what happened was when she came back home from the hospital, I stopped sleeping beside her in the bed. You know, I stopped letting her hug me. And she thought, well, hey, he's growing up. But it wasn't that I was growing up. My belief systems was already kicking in. Now. Based off of that, how long did you think it took for me to define what my core belief was? Just take a wild guess. Oh, years? 20 years? Yeah, yeah probably, <laughs> probably 41 years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So it was a long time after that, through divorce, through other things. And every time I got in a relationship, the moment it got between at to the point of love, I began to sabotage the relationship. Now think about it. The life identifiable moment had happened. I didn't walk throughout life saying, oh, my core belief is whenever you love me, I'm going to leave you. I, it, I distanced myself from that belief, but the belief was already established. So every time there was a relationship, there became a sabotage behavior. And what I found out with most clients is every time, every single time, the sabotage comes out in a behavior pattern of something that they would do that would actively bring their fears to pass. So, and again, now the ego is being formed. The belief system, the belief system was built around the fear. And the ego embedded the fear. So whenever I got to the border of the fear, it began to act out 
to bring me back into that place of bondage where my life kept ending up the same way over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so, every last one of us, we have a life identifiable moment. I've been challenged. Um, people said, I can't find it. And those are the ones that when they say I can't find it, they tell me exactly what it is the first time without even realizing. That's what you did with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did yeah. yours come up, Chris? Oh, it was, it was about two months ago. About no, two. How old are you when you develop yours? Oh, probably... Maybe, maybe around the ages, Reggie said five to nine, right? Um, around four to nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, somewhere around there, possibly, but it was really not until my parents got divorced when I was 13 that I really felt like that was some, that was something that really kind of affected my life that I carried through my life into other relationships, you know, um, mm-hmm. and maybe seeing my parents interact and argue being between five and nine. Mm-hmm kind of set the stage for that you know and seeing like this is well i've seen all this happen they end up in divorce you know and then you carry that stuff with you through life into other relationships like reggie said you know it reminds me it gives you the sense of survival in a way it's almost like your world is coming down as you know it Mm -hmm. and you will actually act out but it's always running the show and you can correct me if i'm wrong reggie but it's almost something that's always there regardless and um, being conscious of it is the power that actually can not only dissolve it, but give you power around it. Well, Reg, yeah, you, you, is, you talk about ego versus spirit. And so let's let's talk about ego. So what what is our everybody has an ego. Right. And, and ego is, is our ego is, is there to protect us. Right. It, it, it's 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 there. It arises in, in situations where we're injured or hurt or we have fear or something like that. So what 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 does ego do versus spirit? Okay. Ego. It's oftentimes the most loudest thing in your head that will always revert back to the fear. So the ego, and always remember, the loudest thing in your head is your ego. Okay? The next loudest thing that you hear is your intuition. And if you ever talk to someone or and you felt like a feeling of disturbance in your stomach, or disturbance in your heart. This is the ego that is often physically felt in the body. That is the um, intuition. The last part is the spirit, which is the most, the quietest part in most people. And that will speak like you get into a relationship and you something says, this relationship is probably no good for you. And that spirit, it says what it has to say. Then your ego takes over. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be me and them against the world. We we can get through this, and we can make this happen, and I'm going to be there for them. Now, you saw the inconsistencies in their behavior pattern, but, you're, but the ego, the loudest thing, begins to speak. And then the spirit oftentimes will show up at small times, like I told you so. And then it shows up again when you're standing up in divorce court or it's broken up. Mm-hmm. And you always said, something told me in the beginning. And it was in the back of my head. And when we say that, we don't realize that that is spirit. But most people have an ego-dominant life, and they don't have a spirit-led life. Mm-hmm. And a spirit-led life is saying, I hear you in the back of my mind. I hear you. And I'm going to spin you around to the front of my mind. 
but you must kill ego. Ego will always manifest the fear. And fear, anger, any of these personalities are not your friend. When anger breaks up the relationship, when fear breaks up to the rela- a relationship, it's done just what it's supposed to do. Ego will make us right in the breakup. The energy comes in. A negative energy's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy your vision. And you're going to begin to see that your life involves a gift that every one of us was given. It was involving pain, and it involves purpose. And most people get trapped in the pain, and they can't get to the purpose. So remember, in your head, there is ego, number one. Intuition, number two. Number three is spirit. And we want to turn that around until your ego works actually for your spirit. Okay? Absolutely. That's huge, Reg. Mm-hmm. And, and so <clears throat> talking about, you know, purpose and, and, and like for me, um, I think one of the things that, that got me into fitness was when I was 13 and my parents were divorced. I, I told you this is, is my stepmother – my, 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 one of my dad's previous girlfriends had bought me a weight set and my stepmother uh-huh. at one time, one time literally found out that my, my dad's previous girlfriend bought it and she took it and threw it out on the curb. And so that was taken, uh-huh. that was taken away from me. So Reggie asked me what was taken away from you as a child. And really the only thing I could think of that, that has to do with what I'm doing today is, well, I, I started working out because I was I was chubby, I was out of shape, I had you know boils, I was I had uh, blood sugar issues, and I started working out so much because my dad's girlfriend had recognized that it's something that could help me, and so I started doing it. I started getting the results from it, and then it was taken away from me, and so my entire career, my passion was formed right then and there when something was taken away from me as a kid, because that's like I, my ego stepped up and said, "Oh no, you don't. You're not taking that from me." So I went out to prove to the world that fitness was my passion, right? Exactly. And let me ask you this question, Chris. How many times have you things showed up concerning the actual weights and training people, even up until probably recently? Mm-hmm. How many times have you found issues that, that, that happen even with weights themselves? Oh, as far as, as, far as injury, now, as far as injury, as far as as far as having this, um, how should I say this? As far as having weights and someone challenges about the very weights that you're using, or maybe that the weights overcoming resistance. Over, yeah. you, you think about overcoming yeah. resistance, right? And so, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. train myself to overcome resistance by by doing that. It was something that was taken away from me as a kid. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. So, uh-huh. um, but talking about, uh, you know, purpose and what, what I realized <clears throat> having fitness, fitness was my passion for forever. And it, however, it wasn't necessarily my purpose. My purpose and the gift that I've been given was my, my genuine desire to help people. And, and, and mm-hmm. one of the things I realized through my own transformation was that there's something missing. Some people get it. Some people can have a transformation, and they, they do what I tell them to do, and some people, they, they have some sort of block 
or something that's preventing them from just doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things you made me realize, and it was a true awakening for me, was I realized my purpose is much bigger than training people six to eight hours a day in the gym. You know, I, I could help people mm-hmm. to a much, much deeper level than just getting them in shape because the mind and the body and the mind and the spirit has a much more to do with our success in pretty much everything, relationships, life, career, you name it. So you you mm-hmm. really helped me as far as identifying my purpose and my unique gifts that I have that I brought into this world and I'm putting them to use right now. So ever since we talked two months ago, it's you know you could ask Lisa and it's been life changing. Mm-hmm. No. Cool, cool. Um, and that mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, and I was saying like that is the key thing. And when I talk to people, I have them go back to their life identifiable moment. And the funny thing about a person going back to their life identifiable moment is that most people. It's like when I had to go back to myself and ask myself, what should I have believed on that day when my aunt said this and what should my reaction have been? At first, I had a hard time answering the question because I had not answered that question in my life, of my present life. So when I went back in the past, it was hard for me to answer the question then. Everyone that has a life identifiable moment when they first go back to it, they cannot see it. But what I do is that I show them the point between your life identifiable moment and where you are right now. You've manifested everything in the beginning from that life identifiable moment. Mm-hmm. So everything you have in your life will be a result of the belief system that you formed on that day. Now, here's a kicker. I'll ask you questions. What is your relationship with money? What is your relationship with the people in your life, with your spouse, with your significant other? What is the relationship with your people on your job and your entrepreneurship and your business? And what we find out is that every one of those will fall in the same pattern, including your money. And I'll say take money out. Make money a physical person. And if money was a physical person, what would your relationship, and this is huge, what would your relationship be like with money if money was your man or money was your woman? And you'll find out that money itself is responding to your core belief. So what if money was the thing that whenever you got to a place where you loved it and felt free and where you felt fine with financial stuff, then things start to manifest to take it away from it. And then you go back into the, your truth that everything you love, you lose. And so it just keeps repeating itself. Just keeps repeating itself. You get rid of it. You get upset. You get rid of it. You bring in a new circuit. It's the same thing over and over again. And these are like mysteries to life. Mysteries that when you see it, you're like, well, my relationship with money is just like my relationship with the spouse. It's just like it's in and out. And then we find these patterns. 
everyone said, a lot of people say, well, I don't even know what my gift is. What I do is I trace your gift backwards, and I look at what you're manifesting today. I look at the problems that you're facing in your life. When we go back to the life-identifiable moment, I use like mathematic equations, probability and statistics, to find out what your gift is. And when you see your gift is so obvious, and think about it like this, every one of us came here with something. When we get an ego, our gifts begin to benefit us. We fight for the gift to benefit us. How am I going to get out of poverty? How am I going to get out of being stuck? How am I going to, and it's I, and it's me, and it's my. Whenever you find your life identifiable moment and you break that, your gift is something that will directly impact the world around you, if not the world itself. Every one of us has a gift, but when you have a gift, your gift must come with a direct and opposite pain. Hmm. Now, these are the, the equation parts. Every gift. We think that when we have a gift, it's, it's, it's cute, it's good. But life will bring you turmoil. And the turmoil will come in for two reasons. One, the negative energy, how you perceive something. It oftentimes birth to fear or birth to anger that would ride hand in hand with your gift. And its job is to kill, steal, and destroy your purpose. And when you find people in life that are still victims to the past, that are still victims to what happened, then in being the victim, it magnifies the ego and the fear and they never get to fully let out the gift. And what if all the pain and trouble in your life was to mature that gift and you're living on a certain level of life because you're being hurt as the result of carrying your gift, but never realizing the hurt is what made you and matured that gift until you're ready to take it to the entire world. Awesome. That's, 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 that's groundbreaking. I want you, yeah. I want you to <laughs> think about it. Every one of us, no one came here without a gift. But the key point about the gift is that the gift should help more than just the person that wants. The Serving hour, others. Hour. That's it. That's it. It's and almost like the connection that, back to all of us. Like I think in that uh, moment exactly. that we separated, mm-hmm. it's coming back to the fact that we are all one. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. And, that is, and, and it's that, that realization that, that actually can create that togetherness again. That's right. You must be able to take your gift and affect the world. And it cannot affect just you. Everything you do right now can affect your family 150 and 200 years from now. Victim mentality. Mm. The world can end at any minute. So I live every day like this. And I, and I can't take nothing with me, so I might as well spend and use it all now in an abusive relationship with finances. And if we all would work toward our legacy, if we all work today like we are changing the life of us 150 years from now, then our money relationship will automatically change. Bingo. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. Most definitely, man. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm, uh-huh. one of the things that, that we've talked about, obviously up to this point, ego and how powerful that can be in, in, in preventing us from you know, being in tune and conscious to our true calling and purpose. So where do emotional energy blocks come in and, and what do you do to help people? I mean, recognizing them first obviously is the first step. What do you do to help people overcome these blocks? Well, what we do is first we identify, identify the block. And the block is what are your roadblocks or what are your barriers in life? And ask the person what shows up over and over again. When they start telling me this, you know, right then, it tells me where the ego, where the emotional blocks, where everything was born. And they said, well, in my relationships, they end with a breakup or they end up with this bad breakup. And people think that, you know, or they lie on me and they say these things about me and they say this about me. And we trace it back to the beginning. I said, well, how long are you familiar with that? And they know that as a block. And I say, let's forget about the block and pay attention to the energy of it. How long has that energy been there with you? And when I ask them that question, they can say, I remember that energy in kindergarten. I remember that energy at home. And I said, now feel the energy. Where did this start? This has been with you. And it might have started. And I, and I find two things, two things. One percent is I call the people that change the world. When I work with them, most of their moments that created blocks happen in school. And it's the unique things that they all, the thing that they all have in common. And when I say one percent, I say people that make uh, income or they have something that they do that affects a whole lot of people. So they could be making anywhere from 11 million a month, um, it, high numbers. And most of their blocks were created in the way they perceive themselves in a school-like environment. Because if they're going to reach the world, it makes sense that their problems start in school with people and have groups of people turn on them for certain reasons. Then we tie it back. Well, I didn't get picked to be on the basketball team. I didn't get picked to be on the baseball team. Then I was the last one to get picked. And because of that, I was isolated. Hmm. And now in their friendship. In an adult life, the adult friendships are happening in the same pattern. And we go back and say, wait, 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 let's look at the truth. Because you carry this gift, you couldn't have been around everyone because you carry what you perceive as a block. What did you learn from the block? What did you learn from the lesson of the, the, the psychological blocks themselves? And you must know yourself. You must know what manner of person that you are. And this is how we identify the block. There's no such thing as just a block that occurs out of anywhere. That block has been with you if we look at it from the standpoint of energy. Definitely. Wow. And so, and so basically learning to, u- learning to recognize and utilize certain things as a gift instead of an obstacle or resistance or an injury or something like that. Yeah, remember, our nature is to play the victim. Yep. Society grooms us for being the victim. And as long as you're a victim, you can never be the victor. As long as you can tell me what hurt you, and you can relive it, and you can cry about it, and you can say this hurts me, and then you get up and then you go home, it's going to not only continue to hurt you, but it's going to hurt everyone that is in your life. 
And I get, I always get the clients, well, you don't understand this was terrible. I do understand. I understand. But how are you going to take what happened to you and release it and help the world? You cannot hold in a worldly energy because it's going to destroy you. And you're hurt. It wasn't just for you. And when that day comes, when they look at me and say, you know what? My hurt was actually a gift. And I cried myself to sleep. I cried myself to work. But I didn't even realize that it was my gift. And when you turn the gift around to help the world, you move energy. You never catch energy and just hold on to it. If you hold on to energy, you violate pretty much every universal law. You have to give in order to receive. Mm-hmm. You can't hold anything. You've got to have vision. You can't let your life end with just you. Even if you say, well, I don't have any kids. I don't have any children. Well, you have a legacy. Make your name great. After you leave this place, what you've done will keep on living. What are you going to bring to this world to make it a better place? What are you going to and how And you've got the key. You've got your gift. And you got your pain. And when we trace those things, it will magnify the gift. That's, that's awesome. And so where where does um, cutting cords with things of the past, like sometimes people are something in either either somebody hurt them or injured them emotionally or physically or or there's some circumstance or something that happened to people. How do we <clears throat> how do we cut those ties? Well, the, the thing is, is understanding the ties and the cord cutting. Whenever we, we are all connected. And I heard that in the background earlier. We're all connected. Even when we call each other, we talk on the phone. The phone. Me and Elisa, we started creating a cord. Me and you, we created a cord. Me and Lisa, we created a cord. And then when we create that cord, it's the communication in which we meet each other. It's invisible. It's now remember, uh huh. And remember, that court has a, a a lot of communication. You get in your relationship, and it's a new relationship, and you call this person. They say, "Oh, I was just thinking about you. I just picked up the phone to call you." That is the energy court being created, and that is you knowing the vibe of the energy court. The court. There's so many important things could be done when you learn how to address and you learn the communication of the energy core itself. The energy core is more than I was just thinking about you. That energy core carries so much stuff that it can warn you when something is wrong. It can warn you when something is right. It can warn you when communication barriers are up. And you think about it. You ever got mad with somebody? And the more angrier you got with them, the more they irritated you. You get mad with them, and and they posted something on Facebook, and you mad with them, and you like why why they did that, and then it it's like it's like they know, and then they post something else, and then you say oh they were talking to me, they 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 post they were talking see oh you take that's it personally the energy core. that's it that's the energy core yeah you out of all the things on Facebook <laughs> you find the one post. And you turn that post on yourself. Yep. And the key part of that, the key part, they could have actually been talking about you, and you found that out of all the things on your timeline. <laughs> you found it. You looked and for you it. You created it. it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you steam it. You mad. You go and post something back. And then y'all having a, 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 a Facebook war, <laughs> and neither one of you are talking directly to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Absolutely, so man. The court is all of this information that's passed between you and that person. Now, the court also exists between you and the person who caused the hurt or pain in your life. And you're still connected to relationships that are dead. Mm. You're still connected to relationships that have ran their course. And many of us are tired, even until this day, from the courts that we carry around in life. It's baggage. Now, here's the, yeah, here's the kicker. In order to break a cord, and I hear people say, well, I help people cut energy cords, and I help people cut the cords. And I'm like this. You cannot cut anything until you know how it made you better. It is a direct, it, it, it is like, I would call it almost an abomination that you would cut yourself from something and that something could be the key to your greatness. And people that hurt you, I call them key holders because they hold keys to the next level of your life. Mm. And a lot of times we, we want to get the energy broken. We want to get hypnotized out of it. We want to get all these treatments and we still deal with the pain. Now, what if you had something that your purpose was tied to and you cut the cord from it? How can you get your purpose out from the world? The cord is not going to cut or break. Now, this is the spiritual work. You walk in the mall, you see your ex and that feeling in the pit of your stomach. What is that? We call it butterflies. We call it whatever. But we have to get real. We're still adults giving butterflies credit for moving around in our stomach. It is the energy cord itself. Even when you have a stalker or you have someone, they respond to the fear or the energy cord. The energy cord between you and animals, they already know whether or not you're afraid of them. They can feel your fear. But they are more connected than we are. Absolutely. So when you when you cut cords... You must know, and I will ask you the question every time, how has the thing that hurt you the most in life make you better? What is your true relationship with finances? What is your true relationship with self? Because we can have bad energy cords connected with self. Whenever we go into a room, we always take the lower seat. We always hide. We always get nervous. We always get fearful. And we can have a negative energy cord with ourselves. And this is why you can have a mindset change, but a mindset change oftentimes is putting masking on the problem. Mm. And you don't need a mindset change. You need an energetic change. Right. And it's deeper, deeper than mindset. Cords, it's deeper. It's, you, you, we all know people who, who are mindset this and mindset that, and then they'll, they'll jack your life up if you let them. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's there. So when you cut a cord, you will actually go into a spiritual process where meditation and where you can get a thought out, a quiet place of communication. Most people I meet, they have. You, the average person has 66,000 thoughts on their head a day. And now if you think about it, you can barely hold a conversation with a person because their mind jumps on this, 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 and that. And they can never hold their thought pattern. When you create a clear environment of meditation, the idea is that you can deal with one thought 
And if you want to see greatness, clear your mind. And if you want to see greatness, be able to see what you want and follow it through. The cord cutting sets this environment. And when you're in that environment, you see the people in meditation and you see the cord that runs between you and them. You walk up to these people in meditation and you got to be guided in this because sometimes right. we'll walk in our own understanding and your own understanding remembers coming from your ego and it's always going to make you right. So we get in the way. We get in the way. So you have to have someone that can help you identify your true core beliefs. And when you walk through that cord cutting pro- process, it's literally breaking those old energetic connections, the bad energy, the energy that's running its course between you and the people, not the good but it cuts and clears all that stuff. Most of the time when we get through cutting cords, people either go to sleep, the people that they're cutting the cords from begin to argue or call their phone, and and, and it's crazy. I do Hmm. these in corporate. And when we come out of the meditation, they got text messages coming from all of their exes and everything in the midst of the corporate meeting. (laughs) They know the cord is cut, but they don't understand it, but they know something happened. Hmm. It's now, almost like an attachment you, to all that. Like, yeah. there's a lot coming yeah. up right here because this is like energy attachment. Oh my totally. gosh, I love this. It's almost like having yeah. an inventory of all your cords at one point and yeah. seeing which ones are serving you and which ones you must let go of. Yep. Like it's just yeah. in the way, and having that release on both ends is just a powerful experiment. But there's something about yeah. those unspoken communications. Like there's things that haven't been said or things that you're holding back on that actually can provide not only freedom for you, but freedom for them. And that's what I think what we live with that really is at the root of what's going on. Well, we assume, we don't like to we don't like to forgive, right, Reg? We we we, we don't like to forgive and send and send love and compassion and really when when we cut cords that that's one of the things it takes us to do is to basically forgive, forget, send love, compassion, and move on with your life. Yeah, we like to be right. Mm-hmm. We don't. We like to look at this. They did this and they did that. Let's back to that but victim mode. Exactly. And, and some people they they really can convince you ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's the other person's fault. And I'm and I always say I'm not asking you about that. I'm asking you, how has it made you better? And they will quietly begin to tell me their strengths that they pick up from it. They'll say, well, because of this, I've learned to open up my mouth and communicate. I've learned to do this. And I said, this is what you walk away from now. Tie that to your gift. You can't use your gift unless you communicate it out. And I said, well, in the end, did these people actually hurt you or did they make you better? The average person is hurting, and if you've never been through hurt, how can you help anyone? If you ever had a, always had a silver spoon in your mouth, how can you help anyone? In order to help people, a lot of times you have to walk down that road because your direct assignment is wrapped up in your hurt. When you go through something, there are millions of people going through the same thing. If you understand that when you get through the process, then you got a million people that you can set up your business around in order to help them. You got a million people that you can do charity with. You got you got your assignment a lot of times based off of your hurt. And when you cut and release these cords and you you let go, most of the time people physically get tired. They go to sleep. 
because it is actually a weight that you carry with you. Now, here's the most convincing part, part about cord cutting. All of the energies reaffirm the ego, but all of these things lock you into a certain financial um, pocket. It locks you to a certain abundance pocket. Now, you can never manifest over what you believe. So if you believe that you're not worthy, you're bringing the fruit of unworthiness in your life. You're, manif- you you're, you're manifesting. You're not, yeah, and you're, you're, if you're not good enough, then you're manifesting these things in your life. And the ego is the barrier. It's the limit of it. But once you cut cords, you're able to cut the response to what's been given to you in life. And I always tell people, you are one miracle away. And all you have to do is question yourself, question your ego, question your motive. Go to your life identifiable moment. And when you break these cords, there are things that's trying to come to you. And it cannot come over what you believe. Every last one of us are manifested. If you manifest negative $13 consistently in your bank account, you are manifest. It may not look like it, but you surely manifested being broke. Hmm. So if you can manifest being broke, you can manifest with abundance. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's powerful. Chris has a good question. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I, I, you've helped me tremendously and, and and i know your your purpose is 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 helping people and and that's what's that's that's your purpose that's your what you're passionate about uh-huh. you know you can help what do you do with people who you know you can help but they don't want to help themselves well it's stages you know now and, and that was like a different stage of my life as i was learning myself and i learned that some people like that would show up as far as your core beliefs. You see, mm. if your core belief is that you're not good enough and that you're not worthy, then you overextend yourself to people that don't want to help themselves. So you attract it. You can attract that very thing. <laughs> you, can, you can attract that. You actually can attract. You can look at all your clientele and your clientele could fit that mold. Yeah. If they're fitting that mold, they're fitting your core beliefs. <laughs> And when you change your core beliefs, and this is the funny thing with me, I don't manifest people like that. When a person comes to me, they, it's it's timing. It's time for them to come to me. Mm-hmm. I used to manifest like that all the time because of my worthiness issues. And I would overextend myself. Sometimes helping people too much is a negative. Absolutely. You see? Well, because it, does, it doesn't what, reinforce that you're you can do what you want to do and, and help people, right? It's reinforcing the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. The feel to be needed. Right. The feel to be wanted. And as long as they want you, I'll cut my price in half just to help you. I'll do this and I'll do that. I always tell people, have a certain amount of people that you help for free anyway. Have certain, That's your give back. Mm-hmm. And then you have your people that your help that's going to take care of any abundance issues. Have them all, all, and that's give back. That's universal law, giving and receiving. Right. When you find your gift, it's that one thing that you would do for free if you could. Mm-hmm. Is it? That's awesome. But, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So, uh huh. And it, you know, it's a lot to think about. Oh, big time. You know, it, it, it's. 
you know, I can imagine people, they're going to sit back and listen to this, and they're going to start looking for that life-identifiable moment, and they're going to prove that, you know what it's like to prove to yourself that you are, in fact, a manifester? You know what happens when you get hooked on it? And I always tell people, when you change your energy, most likely that energy could have been coming also in your mom, your father. And when you change this energy, you're changing generations to come. Mm. What if you could change yourself right now and you can change what your family meant? You know, we do family crest. That's one thing that I do. Drawings, you know, all kinds of things. Mm. What if they look back at great, great, great grandfather Chris, at least if they look back and they saw that you were the person that changed the way life was going for the entire bloodline. What if 150 years from now, your family is walking in a new level of abundance from the things that you handled this day to day? And that is what we have to get our mindsets in the flow of. That what I do right now is impacting generations down the road. This will help you build wealth in abundance. And I always tell people, if you want to come sorry, to be made rich, I'm the wrong guy. But if you want abundance, I'm that guy. And if you know anything, if you got abundance, you got rich. Mm-hmm. But you also got it in your relationship. You got it in your self-care. You got it all the way around. You got it all. You got it all. <laughs> yeah, abundance is all inclusive. It's you know when 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 you're truly abundant, you have everything. It it actually really warms my heart what you're saying. Like there's just an appreciation all around. Like there's just the love and um, being someone that's brave enough to actually make the difference in the family because that's not always the most um, encouraged. Um, being the youngest growing up, like I I know where my impact was, and um, it was definitely my mom leaving um, town and left me with my aunt. And I get choked up still. <clears throat> and at that moment is when I create a separation. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. And it's funny because through the show, I've created a new expansion. Mm. And um, yeah, this is living beyond me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Was that happening? How often do you deal with the energy of abandonment, just that, that energy? <laughs> Every and day. feeling alone. Every day. Every day. And I look Every it straight day. in the eye and I know what it is. Mm. You know, it's my yeah. my way to survive this idea of what survival was when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing deep and down that all I want is just to be around others. Exactly. And that survival brought on a, a whole mindset. And, and you'll be surprised and what you I'm sure you know what it manifests or what it brings forth based on the belief and see when the abandonment happened, there's always going to be a self-worth issue in the core. Mm-hmm. And I always tell a person it's not what you fought for. It's not what you fought to be. It's what you truly believe in your core. And if the core says, I'm not good enough, and everything that happens that proves that, it's almost like I've been expecting you to happen. You tracked it. But if, what if we, yeah, what if we dig deeper? What if we look back at that situation? And what if we look at your gift 
and knew that abandonment would happen as a result of your gift. And what if we found that gift and that gift took abandonment so that you can understand your purpose and then help? You know how many people deal with abandonment and self-worth and deep down inside they said, well, it, they blame themselves for what happened. And once we put this together, you've got something that may change the outcome of that. It, it's not a may in it that will change the outcome of your life and everyone you come in contact with. And I'm going to ask you a question periodically. What is your worth? And when you can effectively answer that, then the abandonment has become your friend and your teacher. Fear has become your teacher and you accepted the lesson of it. Yeah. Well, it's through that that I've actually had a voice to actually share. It's it's through all those lessons. Like, it's those moments that really create you to be something. Like, I'm not kidding when it comes up every single day. But it's in that face and that, you know what, that's not going to just hold me back. Like, it, it took something to create the show and to expand it and to keep expanding it. And to, you know, reach out to people that may scare me in that moment to ask to be on the show. And then they show up, That's you, know? Right. you know, like we've had celebrities and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's those moments that you let go of whatever that old story was and you go, no, there's something bigger for for people, yep. for me and others. And we all get That's to be right. a part of it. And it's freaking awesome. OK, before we end, because we're almost close to the end, I have this amazing question for Reggie, which um, the nails <laughs> like so how we, in before, the world Reggie talks to you on the phone he wants you to send him a picture oh i sent it already yeah like i think you're gonna get a whole bunch of nails and after the show <laughs> I, I i was kind of a i knew where he was going with that so i wasn't as freaked out as i think some people get some people might think it's weird i'm just I fascinated get i get it because your nails reggie they tell a story right yeah your nails you know and i'll learn and this is one of the things i, I teach how to listen to your spirit guide and how to create business through your spirit guide the, the nail was the thing that me growing up a sickly child, there was always the inner voice that said, pay attention to your nail pattern and study animals like chameleons, study animals in general. Watch whether the hair stands up or they change color. Everything has a warning system, and the human body does too. Defense mechanism. So the nail, can you hear me? Yeah, defense mechanism, right? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And so the nails are directly linked to the organs. And based off of the color of the nail, the pattern of the nail, it tells me what energy is holding you back in the first place. So when I look at you, I know what energy is the root cause of it. And that lets me know how to help you. You don't even have to tell me a word when I, a word when I look at the nail that you sent me. If you want me to say a little bit of what I saw, and it's not nothing bad. Yeah, yeah, share it up. Okay. Uh, the first thing that I saw is a little bit of adrenal fatigue going on. And yeah. sometimes it can make you feel like you got too much on your plate and not enough time to do it. Um, adrenal and thyroid. Um, thyroid is our true communication to the world around us, where the people are receiving that communication or we're just not putting that communication out. Communication is held in the thyroid gland. So whenever there's a problem in the adrenals, I already know there's a problem in the thyroid. 
and in that person, I would know that there's a greater spiritual responsibility that they need to hear in life to guide them. That they're not doing. So, yeah, well, they could be on the path, but it could be the next level Mm. of communication that they need to break through with. Mm -hmm. So from that, I know what their diet is like, what their weakness is, um, financially, how far they're going, pretty much everything by the nail pattern. And even my worst critics, when they sent me their nails or they sat down and talked to me about the nails, they end up with their mouth wide open. <laughs> How did you know that? Totally. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I said, energy doesn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and if funny. If, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we radiate every day. Yep. Your liver, your kidneys, they all hold energies. Yeah. And those energies radiate everywhere you go. So whenever we walk into a room, our energy is saying, I'm not enough. It's saying, I'm not good enough. And we will always respond some kind of way to b- activate that subconscious block of that sabotage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, Cole. That's awesome. So um, I, I have one final, <laughs> one final qu- question for you, Reg. Um, what, what lights you up, brother? What, what, what makes your day? What lights you up? Man, Chris, I'm glad you asked. What lights me up is people to help. When I wake up, I have no doubt why I'm here, the reason that I'm here on earth. No doubt. So when I wake up, I wake up to serve, understanding that my job is to come in contact with them and to help them face themselves. And before I get through working with them, they must be able to plug into the world and make the world better. That is the greatest thing on earth, and I want everyone to experience that exactly why are you here and know that answer. That's, man, that's my passion. That's awesome, man, and, and, and that's what you got me doing, to be honest with you. you, you <laughs> you've caused a, tr- a tremendous shift for me, and uh, Lisa can attest that's to that. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. So how do we – how do we best find? How do people best find you? Uh, what, social media. You have a website, right? Yeah, uh, it's www.reggie, R-E-G-G-I-E, McKeever, M-C-K-I-V as in Victor, E-R, dot com. Um, most of the time, they can find me there. They can find me on Facebook as Reginald McKeever, R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D. M-C-K-I-V-E-R. And you don't find me posting a lot because I always say, if you got time to post a lot, you're not working. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, That's <laughs> true. That's true, brother. That's well, Reggie, man, I love you, man. You, you've helped me so much, and, and, and you know, I see you. It's, this is your purpose, and, and I'm happy to be a, have really been a part of it. Yeah. You know? What a blast. Man, love, you, love you too, brother. Uh-huh. Uh, Reggie, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for your insight. Definitely someone you want to connect with, and I really appreciate yeah. you on the show. We'll definitely be sharing this, and we'll definitely have you back on the show. Hey, I'll, I'll be glad to come back anytime, anytime. And I appreciate, Chris and Lisa, I appreciate you. I love what you're doing and how you're trying to change the world. I do. And I thank you, Lisa, for having me today, all of you. And if you need me, I'm here. Thanks, awesome. Reggie. Thank you. See you guys next week. Thank you. See you, buddy.